0: What's up, y'all? My name is Ian Edwards, and welcome to the Soccer Comic Rant. Uh, uh, Before I introduce Lee, we were going to come on, go down the table, and uh, just assess where all the teams are at at this point of the season when they take this break for the World Cup. We were going to talk about the World Cup. For now, we can't start off with that because of Ronaldo. We can't start off with Man United's last minute victory with a goal from Garnacho, uh over Fulham because of Ronaldo. We can't start off with Lee's brand new coach uh, debut game at Anfield against Liverpool because of Ronaldo. We can't talk about Chelsea's loss. This weekend, uh, because of Ronaldo, which you know, some Chelsea fans might be happy and be like, Thank you, Ronaldo. We can't talk about a lot of things without discussing Ronaldo first. So, first, I will just want to introduce uh, Lee Hudson, stand up comic from England, Southampton fan. What's up, fam?
1: Yeah, and all well, good. I like that you couldn't even introduce me first. You still you needed to say his name off the
0: off the yeah. bat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the it's the elephant in every room where soccer is being discussed. You yeah, know, it's yeah. like, uh, it's like, are any other teams even talking about their <laughs> issues this week or at this moment? It's like, you know, Piers Morgan is. Just loving everything right now, enjoying itself. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, where do we start? Like, I'll let you go because you're in England. And first of all, thanks to everybody for listening and watching. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you listen on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Lips and Stitcher, at All Things Comedy, where else are we? I haven't mentioned like the list of places where you can hear this thing in a minute, but, you know, leave a review, uh, preferably a five-star one. Appreciate that. No, I'll be honest. I don't want any lies. And, uh, (laughs) you know, you see how much man United is struggling with lies and honesty and, and what the truth really is. It's almost like a political party what's going on over there, but we'll get to it. So what's going on in England? And what's the deal with Ronaldo fam? Yeah, what's
1: up? I mean, people are pretty unanimous on how they mm-hmm. feel about this, whether they're a fan of a of another club, whether they're a fan of Man United. Um mm-hmm. one, people think that Ronaldo is highly disrespectful. Um, mm-hmm. two, everyone just hates Piers Morgan anyway. Everyone hated Piers <laughs> Morgan before this, everyone hates him now.
0: Why um, did you guys
1: create him? England. I don't know. Same same How reason we happen? created. Same reason we created James Corden because we hate the we hate the rest of the
0: world um, and we wanted to them people... over here. <laughs> and then we, we we were a sucker for their accents. We boosted their profile, and, and then now they're unleashed upon the world.
1: <laughs> Jesus. Oh, yeah, it's um, yeah. Like I mean, what well, to do? What he did is shitty anyway. But then to to do it via the mouthpiece of. Of Piers Morgan's <laughs> shitty, <laughs> shitty show on his shitty Murdoch-owned, <laughs> shitty little channel that gets no viewers. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a big move from them just to have that on their platform. But I mean, yeah, everyone like everyone knows like a lot of people are of the opinion that okay, there's some stuff that he brought up that might be valid. Um, 100%. you know, like. Yeah, like he talks about some of the facilities at Carrington still being the same as when he left the club and stuff like that, and how, you know, maybe the owners aren't um, sort of, you know, doing best by the club and things like that. There's things he said in there that people will agree with that the club has maybe stood still since Ferguson left. Like um, mm-hmm. there's some truth in some of those things, but when you're a person in his position, you don't like come out and do that publicly. Um, or, or even like wait until he's left before he does it like to do it while still on the payroll um mm. and in his position is um, it's just really lacking in class um it's yeah and just a lot of unnecessary stuff like it's not the behavior you'd expect of of a legend you know
0: be you know be like it's, the, it's definitely the behavior of someone who's gotten their way. A lot, and does yeah, it, yeah, it it just does not know, kind
1: of know it's, it's, Go ahead. Yeah, like it's 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 this guy who was, you know, one of, in some people's mind, the best player on the planet. Who, you know, I mean, he he defied, he defied science and nature for a while by, um, you know, keeping his levels high when into his thirties, and you know decline comes for everyone. It's um, it's natural. You can't just play football forever. Um, and, you know, he's still a useful player, but he's not what he once was. And it seems like he's taken, you know, the start of that decline horrifically. Yeah. Um, by just doing this and being petulant and you know, you could see sort of obviously the, you know, the signs with some of his behavior this season, the leaving the bench or refusing to come on all sorts of stuff like that. And yeah, just to do this, like it's, it's like, you know, you, you had, you had a legacy, even if he like people could maybe forgive some of the not coming off the bench and walking off and stuff. If he just, if he left with some dignity in January, but this is the most undignified way to to do this. I think he was going to get his move in January anyway. The club weren't using him. Um, you know, Ten Hag clearly wasn't going to make him a key player. So just wait and get that move. Unless he heard something behind the scenes where they said they're going to keep him for the rest of the season, and he was like, "No, you're not. <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm going to go scorched earth and just make sure I get this move." Um, yeah. But I mean, who who's going to What club, what credible club are going to want him after this? Who's going to pay Uh, uh, the crazy money that he wants to have this big disruptive influence in their dressing room?
0: Well, he might be counting on like exploding in the World Cup and doing really well for Portugal, maybe even winning the World Cup. Because if you think about one of the teams that have a good shot at winning the World Cup, it is Portugal. You know, they have good players in all positions and backups to those players. So this could be his shot and he could be hoping that'll change everything. I I, I also think, so here's where I stand. Like, I don't want to shit on anybody that lost a child, right? And then I, I don't have any kids. I ain't married, but that's a choice I made. Because I don't have that type of heart to be, like, losing someone I made, you know? So I need more context, you know, of, like, all of this. And when Ronaldo said certain people didn't want him at the at Man United last year, he's right. I was one of them. You know what I'm saying? like because I felt like mm. the year before we finished second, and even though it was because of like the failings of Liverpool's entire defense, <laughs> I-, I felt like we had enough people in those positions and him coming there would disrupt like all our people. and back then we had Greenwood, Marshall had a good year at Rashford, and uh we had Cavani, who was going to stay on for another year is like You didn't really need a Ronaldo, but the phone calls were made for him to not go to city, which made all our fan base happy. But the people running the club, like maybe Murtar and some other people who he's probably referring to probably know we didn't need him, but you know, what could they do (laughs) if a deal could be done? So so maybe some of what he was saying about some people not wanting him there from the board, because I, I, I feel like this is a mistake made by both parties. Man United has not been the best run club all this time, so it's a mistake. It, this is a mistake. This is definitely not a one sided mistake. So I'll give him that, right? I'll give him that, and uh, and then him not coming in. Everybody was disappointed when he didn't come to training camp. And uh, now we know why. And Gary Neville was always saying that Ronaldo threatened to give some type of interview and the truth would come out. And I think Gary Neville, Neville as a friend was saying, Ronaldo should give that interview because I think Gary Neville did know about the kid being sick and wanted Ronaldo to shed some context on why he didn't show up for preseason, which would help Ronaldo. But I don't think he expected Ronaldo to go like DEFCON 3 on Man U. So I feel like I need to see the video to see how sick his daughter was. And I get him not going to preseason, how the fans would take it this way, but I think it does count. And I, I, does, I think it does count for, you know, it's a legit reason. You know, it, you know his daughter got sick. He lost, had a miscarriage earlier on, like in the, in the season before. So I, I just need to see that. So I'm going to calm down until I see it. But this moment in time is like a few years ago. I think it was during the pandemic, Kanye came out and said slavery was a choice and he lost Black people. And, and Black people lost their Ronaldo of hip hop at that moment, right? But then the weekend after he said that, some guy named Donald Glover dropped a video that gave all black people their guy nacho. You know what I'm saying? Like the new <laughs> black person that we were going to lean on. And that's what happened this weekend for Manu. Like we lost our Kanye, but guy nacho gave us our new Donald Glover. Like, <laughs> he, you know, when he scored that goal and just everything he's been doing in the background and we've been watching him. So it was like, we have this new beacon of light to to lean on. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on him because you got to replace everything that Ronaldo did. And we're going to like want you to be as big and we're going to need you. Uh, So that happened. And, and, And I agree with a lot of what you said, but I just need to see what happens in this interview. And I guess the other thing is like he purposely is detonating his relationship with Manchester United. He has no intention of coming back in January. He knows the board is indecisive. So he's like, I'm going to make sure that you don't even have to have any meetings to discuss this matter. It's a wrap. He put in the sixth infinity stone in the glove, gauntlet, snapped his fingers and ended it. So it's a wrap. And I think it's best for... Ten Hag and Man United, that it is over. He might, he might have just did us a favor because yeah. we don't need a 37-year-old guy with a one-year contract who you can't really play because you're trying to develop people and you, you you want to give him those young people's playing time. And he's helped us when we've had injuries because we did need him this year. But whether there's two things. He could not have done much for us this season so far because of his age, or maybe it was because of his daughter being sick for a month. He did not come to preseason and he's off because it's tough for a 37 year old to miss the preseason. So maybe if he gets like some time, maybe he will go back to being Ronaldo. It is that that might be it. But for me, I'm glad this is over because I want our club to move forward without Ronaldo. And I want Ronaldo to go forward and enjoy his life because it's, you're not going to enjoy your life at Manchester United when we're trying to like find the young people to replace you at the same time we have you. It's just an impossible mix. It was a bad marriage the second time around that should have never been done. And uh, I'm glad he finally ended it. So Eric Ten Hag has passed the test of being in a situation like this. He handled it right. He looks good all the way through, and it's the only way you could win if you're up against such great opposition like Ronaldo. Like you, you as the coach, you have to come out this looking impeccable, so you can lead the rest of these players forward, and so that the fan base has trust in you. And so that the organization has trust in you, so you can make big calls that you're going to need to make to get what you want to take us to the next level. So uh, I'm glad the person who's going to stay after the explosion and, you know, in the movies and the, the guy runs out the building unscathed, I'm glad it's Ten Hag. And good luck, Ronaldo. Like, amen. And I hope your family's fine. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, like there, there are some emotional things I want to say. That lean in the direction of everybody else. But if the man's daughter was sick for a month, I can't prove it, disprove it. So I don't know what it's like to have a, 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 a daughter that's in a she wasn't just sick, she was in the hospital. So you know what? I'm just gonna leave it right there. But I'm glad that the relationship is over. Greatest divorce in the history of sports.
1: I do also wonder if mm-hmm. there's any element of him, you know, cause he was obviously like, you know, warming the bench for the last few months or whatever. He had some starts here or there, mm-hmm. you know, he's going into this world cup and people aren't talking about him. And then all of a sudden the world cup's upon us. It's starting, it's starting this Sunday mm-hmm. and who's the one guy who everyone's going to be talking about? It's Ronaldo. Like, it ain't for football necessarily, but he's he's put himself back as like the talking point now. And there's going to be a whole bunch of eyes on Portugal's games now, going like, "Oh shit, what's Ronaldo going to do? Has he still got it?" Kind of thing. And like, you know, there was going to be a little bit of that anyway. Mm-hmm. But now he's making sure that all eyes are on him. And I don't know if that's a good thing because I don't know if in his current condition whether he can deliver. I don't know because Portugal kind of have to rely on him. I don't know if they have better options in that squad right now. They got a nine. Yeah, although he can play on the wing, he can. So but where should have... he play? Um, I think he plays. I think he can play. I think he plays best wide, coming in. Um, okay. But he could play there. But you know, he he have more quality in that team, sort of around him, supplying him. So. Um, mm. You know, he, he that might help having Leao there, having you know Bruno with him there as well, and, uh, and Bernardo, Bernardo Silva, Silva. And, yeah, people like that. So, but it's still, you know, it's it's going to dictate how Portugal play, and I don't know if that's necessarily the way they want to play, but it's going to dictate how they play with him as like the central central piece of their attack. So, I don't know if that's going to be a help or a hindrance for Portugal because when they did that when he was at the peak of his powers, it was a great thing, but if they're fully having to have him as the central piece now, I don't know if that's enough to win a World Cup. I don't know if that's enough to go deep into a World Cup. Um, It should be enough to get out their group. Um, It should be enough to do that, but I mean we'll see. Um, But yeah, everyone's talking about the guy again. So um, yeah, I mean I hope for his sake that the the daughter story, I a mean, horrible thing to go through, but I mean, I hope it is true because oh, yeah. there's also, there might be other reasons why he might not have wanted to come to the U S on a preseason tour. Let's not get too far into that. Yeah, um, yeah. but there might be other reasons why he was, a, he was swerving that. Um, but yeah, that's not, not really something you want to get too far into, but I mean, the whole thing is just a mess, isn't it? It's messy and it's well, <laughs> no pun intended. It's, it's messy. Um, <laughs> yeah it's just yeah yeah, it's just it's not good for anyone it's not good for anyone like it 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 adds some resolution to the situation like you say it's it's making sure stuff happens but Mm -hmm. i mean united don't come out of it looking good because of what he said about them and people like oh shit there they are yeah
0: but everybody knows the stuff that he said yeah yeah yeah, those things like even ibrahimovic like said it like a few years ago i don't know if it was in an article he said, you come here, you think it's a big club? United's not a big club. And, I, I, and we all know now what he's talking about. Gary Neville has mentioned the club falling apart. A lot of people yeah. have mentioned. And yeah, we haven't been run well or we would have won some shit. And it, it's clear yeah. that... yeah, But we are getting our shit together, like incrementally. And, yeah. you know, just wanting 10 Hag and picking the right manager. And like, even... So I want to give some props. Like, so this weekend we won, right? Mm-hmm. And Guy anacho scored the winning goal, and a lot of Manchester United fans were upset with like how like our transfer window went, even though it ended up being good. Like we feel like we overpaid for certain players, and that John Murtar, especially on said, the United stand, they talk about how he looked like a fool flying to Barcelona. And, and then coming back without Frankie the Young, but at least he tried. But yeah. if you're going to shit on John Murtaugh, you got to know. And I researched it. And this is an article that was written a few, like 2020 20 or 2021. 20, like Murtaugh is the reason Guy and Archer is with us. Hmm. He got that kid from Atletico Madrid. He got Ahmad. He got like a bunch of young players. You got Palastry, who we don't really use, but, you know, we're trying to develop them. So that was this thing, youth development and recruiting for our under teams to get better. Uh, and we won a uh, FA Cup with Guy Nacho and with the youth teams. And now, you know, some of those players are going to feed through. So, so yeah, listen, we had, yeah, it wasn't the best organizer. You got to give, you can't keep shitting on some guy who works for us. And he's going to be there for a while, and you can't be yeah. like like he got his guy. You know how much a guy, a guy on nacho would cost? Like on, you know, you know, if he was doing this for some other team, we'd have to buy him. And all United fans is like, how come we can never find these gems? Other people find these. Gem- nah, no, this is a gem. And Greenwood was a gem, and Rashford was a gem. I'm not saying he brought Rashford through, but we we do get gems, and then we do get cheap mm-hmm. players like. We in the tra- same transfer window, you said we spent too much money. Like Melasius was 15 and he did a great job playing out of position yesterday. And uh, Erickson was for free. You know, they pulled the trigger on that. Like, like you, you got to be able to call audibles too, as far as and also get the transfers that you want to get. And just to, and yeah, the Arnautovic thing was not a good look. But hey, man, give props where props is due. Like Guy Nacho is a rising star and we got him. I don't know how much for, but he's worth more than worth more now than he is than he was when we got him. And like the world yeah. is looking at this kid going, shit, I wish we had him. And we got him. So Murtar, hats off. Good, good, good uh youth player development. And uh I hope that continues, you know, with your job. So I wanna give you props for that. Like yeah. yeah It's easy to hate him because he's a holdover from the Ed Woodward era and he's been with us since then. But he's kind of been doing his job under Mm. the under the radar and and he's a part of the reason why Ten Hog is here. You gotta give him props for that. And yeah, you know, so
1: I think that's the other thing about this as well, is that the timing of it makes Ronaldo look bitter because, like you say, the club are they seem to be turning the corner. Like, mm-hmm. Ten Hag is looking a good appointment now. He's been getting results. The club are climbing back up the table. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hopefully they're going to address some of the stuff behind the scenes at the training ground, facilities-wise. That's been brought up. Um, you know, you don't know if there's
0: any plans to to sort that out. Um, yeah, there's a lot of... Ten Hag kind of, like, brought it up and they, they put 200,000... Uh, I don't know how much into, like, update a lot of the technology stuff and some other things. Yeah. So they've been spending some money behind the scenes based on Ten Hag's recommendations.
1: Yeah, so like I say, yeah, if, if things are moving in the right direction, which means the timing of it is purely selfish for Ronaldo. It's, it's not, uh, you know, I need to get this off my chest for the good of, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, the world of football or anything. It's like, because, yeah, the club would turn a corner. Like, if he did it when Ranjik was in charge, maybe people would be like, oh, shit, like, you know, there'd be more on his side.
0: But he dissed um, Ragnik too, Ronaldo. Yeah. And that's the thing, like we've heard rumors, or I heard rumors that he wasn't like keen on Ragnik's training, but then that yeah. didn't help us last year either. That helped us to fight, to fail mm-hmm. as a team. Like if your whole team is like, Ronaldo don't believe in this dude, uh, like they're not going to listen to him during the games and on the pitch yeah. and and that kind of. Showed us why we failed performance wise. So that was not, that, and that was when. So, so that doesn't help us if you're Ronaldo. We, last year, some of the points we lost, even though you scored a bunch of goals, if you don't respect the coach, then the rest, like you can't just not respect mm. the coach and say those things. So mm. it was true what we heard last year.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like you say though, it's. You know there are some exciting times. Garnacho, I thought he was—he he's been excellent, like in mm-hmm. the flashes of games that he's had, and now he seems to be sort of making a a space for himself on the team. That goal, mm-hmm. I did—I didn't—I did, I thought that ball was lost. I was like, oh, Fulham's defenders are going to take care of this, and he just mm-hmm. turned on some afterburners. <laughs> that surprised everyone. I was like, oh shit, he he got mm-hmm. there. Like he 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 had like. Yards to make up on those defenders, and he mm-hmm. just yeah, that was, yeah, he, that was crazy that he got through
0: there. D-Cord over Reed, he just burned <laughs> those them, he just like yeah, yeah. shot through there.
1: Yeah, um, and and yeah, the, the, the kid looks exciting, he's got a bit of everything. I think he still needs to work on his consistency in in front of goal mm-hmm. and finishing, but sometimes you get that with a young player. Um, but some of his like his pass for McTominay in the Villa game. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the kids the kids got technique, the kids got vision, um, mm-hmm. he's got pace. So he's got all these things going for him. He's exciting. Let's hope he's not um, you know, a Federico Makeda
0: or yeah, <laughs> something like yeah. that, where he, he
1: bursts on the <laughs> scene
0: and looks great and then Steve- just <laughs> Steven Hausen said something really hilarious. He's like he's like, If they had, had cell phones back when Janazai had scored the <laughs> goal, <laughs> like he wouldn't be a credible partner today, yeah. Because everybody thought Janazai <laughs> was like, this. This it was Hazard. Yeah, we, we yeah, got him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, nah. <laughs> so yeah,
1: but yeah, I feel I, I feel gotta gotta like the back. I feel like the levels in the Premier League are higher than they've ever been, and for him to be doing what he's doing suggests that there's, you know, there's there's some real talent there. So, you know, I think you've got the right manager. Um right. for this as well because Ten Hag has proven that he can take young players and elevate them to be top professionals mm-hmm. at that level of the game so yeah you've got you've got the right guy in
0: charge to handle a talent like that I think yeah so far yeah absolutely like this world is so fragile shit just be happening you don't know what's what for real but yeah I would say he is based on and, he, and he's improving things you know mm-hmm. so you want to like uh, I don't know if Neil's going to join wasn't not sure Like no, he just messaged Shane, he's stuck at work <laughs> stuck at work Ooh, of course you are, Chelsea <laughs> lost we could go just from the top <laughs> of the table down and just yeah. like yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, I know why you said that. That's
1: fine. I'll I'll, I'll talk about Southampton in an hour. That's cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The time. By, the time, by the time we get down there. Yeah, by the time you get down there, it won't be so bad. <laughs> uh, so, Arsenal, they won versus Wolves. Uh, you know, and they're top of the table, 37 points at the break. And uh, uh, so what do you just think of them overall? I mean, I think this is like one of their best ever
1: starts to a season ever in terms of statistics. And I think people seem to be really reluctant to actually give them the props they deserve for this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like everyone's talking about how great this team is that peps assembled at city and with Harland there. Um, mm-hmm. but they're five points behind Arsenal. Right. Um, they're five points off them. And, you know, at the start of the season, it was almost like, you know, ah, oh, this is, um, you know, Arsenal looking good, but they could drop off and this and that. Um, and they were 14 games in, which is, you know, that's <laughs> over a third of, it's over a third of a season. Um, and so, yeah, they need to be taken seriously. Um, mm-hmm. I still think in some of their games, but there's still some little areas where, They might come unstuck, um, but are sort of not being fully found out at the moment. Like, Jesus has been good in some games, but then there's been other games that when they came and drew with us, he -hmm. could have won the game for them if he was more clinical. I watched the game against Wolves. He had some chances. He didn't take them. There's been other games as well where he's not taken his chances in two, as well as the game against us. There's been other ones. But Mm -hmm. there's enough players... He's doing a good job for the team, but there's enough players around him who are coming up with them goals. This weekend, it was Odegaard. Other weekends, Mm -hmm. it's been Saka. Other weekends, it's been Martinelli. Um, You know They've got goals in that team, and that's taken some of the burden off of him a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think he he started the season on fire, Jesus. Um, And everyone's like, oh, Arsenal have found the number nine that they've been looking for. Um, And I still think he is. He's an upgrade on what they've had previously. He's, He's better than what they've had. Um, he does good work for the team in terms of creating space and things like that but he's not Mm -hmm. being as clinical as they would like but I mean that's a great position to be in where your number nine isn't being as clinical as you want but you're still top of the league by five points over Guardiola's City with Haaland Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean got to take him seriously massive props to Arteta he's um, you know I was unsure about him in previous seasons when he came in and um wasn't quite sure whether he'd be able to implement the ideas that he clearly had because I remember when he first came in it was there was almost like this instant effect wasn't there where he won the FA cup and stuff mm-hmm. and people were like oh you know Arteta's the real deal and then the next season it's like mm, maybe he's not <laughs> um but you know credit to Arsenal they've stuck with him they've given him the resources to build the team he wants um And it'd be interesting to see, you know, they could, if they can get hold of someone like Tillemans in January, which is the talk, because his contract's up next summer and he's not signing a deal and they could apparently get him for like 20, 30 million or something if they just throw that at Leicester and Leicester are like, oh, well, we need the money to, you know, Mm -hmm. not lose him for free. So if they can add Tillemans into that mix as well, because, you know, Partey seems to be quite injury prone in that midfield, um, then yeah, I mean. They're they're a contender right now. Even Arteta was forced to admit that he's been trying to downplay it all yeah. season. Then he's like, oh, yeah, we're we're in there. <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. we're in the mix. We're challenging now. <laughs> he reluctantly kind of and then
0: and then and then he paid City the respect just to make sure he didn't like stoke a fire yeah. under them.
1: Yeah. I mean I, I I still, if if you know, gun to the head, who's gonna win the league this season? I would probably still say City. Yeah. Um, yeah just because of you know what they've what they've got in their team. Um but you know I agree with Arteta. You know, Arsenal are in there. They're they're in that race now. And um you know it's exciting to see a big team back. Um, you know, hopefully in a season or two that'll be united as well. And we can have a proper we can have a proper, you know, multiple, multiple teams going for the league. That would be the dream, seeing like, you know, a real even race between multiple teams rather than just two. Um, would we'll be pretty good, so yeah, it's um,
0: you know, what? I like where you're headed sometimes when you say stuff like that. You know, what? this is why I fuck with you, Lee. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you'd be saying some shit sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, in favor of my team, so that's on a, on a biased level, I'm with you, bro. Uh, as yeah, far as as long as. Those-
1: as long as Tottenham ain't one of those teams, then yeah, I want yeah, to see yeah. as many teams well, fighting for the league as possible. <laughs> is to
0: make sure they ain't one of those teams and keep you happy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we could do that. You know what I mean? Uh, but as far as Austin's concerned, I'm not even surprised they are where they are. You know what I mean? I'm not like saying it because I see them at the top of the table. I believed in them like last year. And I believed in Arteta before that, even though there was a moment when I was convinced that it, it, it wasn't going to work. But I was like, It should work, though, but I just went with the tide of everybody. But uh, now what I expect to happen is happening. Like you said, I think City is going to ultimately win this. I would be super surprised if they don't, but, you know, there is no guarantee in future seasons and where Arsenal is now, they can't take it for granted and they should try to win this shit. Because every year, there's a new wrinkle, and you can't be like, oh, it's next year is going to be our year. You got to take it while you're there. So I expect him to fully go for this. And I'm just going to sit back and watch, because United is not involved in this. As far as Gabriel Jesus is concerned, I'm laughing. The reason why I'm laughing is because you just paid for Lacazette. You just paid for the Brazilian version of Lacazette the amount of goals Gabriel Jesus has this year compared to what Lacazette was doing last. It's the same shit. Like he was effective as lead. uh, Lacazette was very effective leading the line. He didn't always get goals, but he would come short and help get them the ball out the back so that they could bring it up. And he would pressure defenders. And sometimes he would score, but sometimes he would just like lay off the ball or help other people score. So Hey man, Pep knew what he was selling you. Pep Pep don't Pep's an asshole. Like Pep sold <laughs> Ferran Torres and was it defender Pop, Garcia? I forgot his name. To Barcelona knowing that they were that good. Like Pep is selling you nobody <laughs> that he feels is like on that level, level. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he so if Pep is selling you somebody, be wary. Like, yeah, he got them and they're good players, but they might not be, <laughs> you know. But I I, I, I feel like Jesus is doing a great job over there, and he's going to get more goals. But this is the same thing Lacazette was doing, so mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's fine. Uh, the next team is Man City, and they lost. So Brentwood. And Ivan Tony got to say, "Hey, you should have picked me for the World Cup." But <laughs> some of the people that didn't get picked got to that did that did get picked, scored some goals this week and was like, "Hey, you should have picked me." So, <laughs> fine. But uh, what, what, what? But what do you think of Man City and where the... Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: like I said, I think points, I, I think they'll win the league. They've. They've stuttered a little bit. There's been a little bit of inconsistency there, but I mean, you look at some of the players they've got, and like, you know, like, it feels like it feels like De Bruyne is in his peak right now. This is he he just you think he can't get any better, and then he does. <laughs> and I think he's relished having someone like Haaland come into the team because he's like, yeah, it's perfect. You know, he he he's like he's like you're he's like like because De Bruyne can find passes that nobody else can see. And when you're finding those passes that nobody else can see, and Haaland's on the end of them, right? Like that's just goals. That's that's guaranteed mm-hmm. goals. Um, and you know, Foden is becoming more and more consistent than he's ever been. Right. Um, you know, he's mature. He's maturing as a player. He's he's always had the technical ability, um, mm-hmm. but now he's sort of he's becoming cold in front of goal. Like he's. This this has got to be one of his best seasons in terms of numbers that he's putting up in front of goal, um, mm-hmm. like goals per game, because he's he's contributing more. Um, yeah, and you just got that team like there's players in there like Cancelo just doesn't let his levels drop. I know he's he's had like a you know red card recently and stuff, but. Um, you know, he's he's still a, a great player. There's 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 really good players in there. A kanji's come in and help them as well. Mm. They've got a great collection of defenders. I just look at that team and you know, they've got Calvin Phillips to come back second half of the season as well, who's a great player who hasn't even contributed yet. Um so that can take some of the heat off of Rodri, who I think Rodri's really underrated. The nah, job Rodri it, does. He just I sits think there. People know. Yeah, he just, he breaks up play. He gives the ball. He, he supplies the, the players ahead of him, the creative players. Um, he then occasionally just reminds them that he can do a little bit as well.
0: <laughs> Graham, Graham as we call him a steady Eddie.
1: Yeah, but he's what they need. You know, he, he he came in when they had Fernandino, who was that player for them. And he, you know, he studied him. He learned from him. He sort of played yeah. some games. And then last season, you sort of saw the passing of the baton where yeah. Rodri became like the main guy in there. And now, you know they've got Phillips in there as well, who can potentially do that job for them. So um, it'd be interesting to see when Phillips is fit, who plays more games. I think Rodri's got more experience on him, mm-hmm. um, but they've got Phillips in there as an other option. And the, the, it's weird. The World Cup's going to be Phillips's pre-season, pretty much. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, he's kind of using it as that he's going to get full fitness back, and then he's going to go into a City team, and he, he he'll probably have a Premier League winners medal at the end of it. But um, So that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, I think they'll win the league.
0: They've just got too much quality, more quality than anyone else, I think. Yeah, I think they'll win the league. There's so many games left. And like I said, can Arsenal withstand the pressure of being chased down? Like, yeah, they got it. it, it it's going kind to, of, you're going to, like, Arsenal play like they don't feel any pressure. They're just so young and fresh and intense. But mm-hmm. Man City, they've chased down Liverpool and passed them. They've held off Liverpool. It, it, they just know how to do this. So we'll see what happens. It's a. am glad they lost this weekend. It'll make the thing going interesting when the season starts back uh, on, on Boxing Day. But uh, this is going to be fun to watch. And uh, But I think City will take it because... Yeah, it's just a lot of games, man. It's it's it'd be like three seasons in a season, and one season just ended. And what is Arsenal going to do in the next two seasons compared to like a veteran team like Man City? So we'll see. Uh, I don't want to spend too long on a the, the, the number three team is Newcastle. They got thirty points, and this team is a complete surprise to me. I figured this year they get in the top ten, maybe get be near like a Conference <laughs> League Europa League spot but they're three. They didn't even spend that much money. And just the way they're playing. And then, you know, Neil isn't here and Chelsea lost to them this week. So it feels like Chelsea's falling, but they lost to a legit team. The way this team plays is that you lost to a legit team. They can ball. They've, they've transformed duds into studs. Excuse the bad rhyme, but there's just this, this no other way Like, Almiron, it's, like, who is this guy? This is who Jack Grealish used to be. And Jack Grealish is who Almiron used to be. This is crazy. He's, Almiron is Jack Grealish at Villa, but playing for Newcastle now. And, and, uh, and, uh, Jack Grealish is Almiron when he first got to Newcastle. And. It's just not him. They're doing this shit without their best player, St. Maximum. They got Trippier. He's on the next level. There's just so many players on, on a, like even the, one of the long staff boys. He's in there now. He's balling. You could see the raising levels of technical ability of these players. And you're like, how did they become new people? So many people, though. You know, there's, there's players there that are, like, uh, you, you, you're going to be sold. And now I don't know, like, good luck dealing with this problem, Newcastle. <laughs> because Eddie Howe got these guys balling. So they're surprisingly in three. And I don't think they're going to fall out of this. You know, and then what if they buy during, come January? and And Wilcox what is it is it is it what's his name? callum wilson Willock. Or Willock?
1: Oh, they, got wilson. they got wilson they got wilson they got joe Willock and callum wilson
0: right so wilson is injured and so is Isaac, but they still won i, I, I think <laughs> they still won so against chelsea so dope I, i'll let you talk about Tottenham, your favorite team to hate <laughs> or one of them well, I'm, I'm
1: hoping Newcastle will keep up this consistency just so it means that there's less of a chance of Tottenham getting top four. Because um, mm. Tottenham, it, it disgusts me that Tottenham are in fourth place mm-hmm. right now. Like, it it, it literally disgusts me because they have been, like, they're, 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 they're such a horrible team to, <laughs> to watch. Like, I would be upset. I mean, I know Spurs fans who, who hate watching their team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though, we, even when they were third in the league, like, there were still fans booing them off because they're like, this is garbage. Mm-hmm. Like they're just, they're playing horrible. The tactics are horrible. Like it's ugly. It's horrible to watch. And they're not even trying in, especially mm-hmm. in first half of games. Like what's, what's Conte not seeing to make him change his ways that they keep having these terrible, terrible first halves. Like they were horrible against Leeds first half. It was like, it was, it was poor. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed at Leeds for letting them back in this game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's like, how many games do they need to just not show up in a first half? And then, you know, when they've done it against you guys, when they did it against Liverpool, when they did it against Arsenal, Mm. they got punished because they didn't start strong. They got blown away by good teams. And then they were like, oh, we can't get back in this now. We haven't got the quality to. But there's been enough mediocre teams who have... Taking it to Spurs and then Spurs have gone, oh no, we need to put our finger out. And then all of a sudden they start playing with 30 minutes left. And then they somehow scrape a victory that they didn't deserve because they've got a couple of players with individual quality who can bail them out. Um, or like, you know, Bournemouth the other week, Bournemouth just collapsed and their keeper started flapping up corners and stuff like that. And they've got players like Perisic, who can put a good ball into the box. Um, it's, yeah, it's annoying that they are where they are. I think they've got a good collection of players, but I think Conte, pff, I mean, he's been a myth this season. Um, he, he's, you know, he's he's one-dimensional. Um, he's only got one formation. He's only got one style of play. It's, pff, I mean, for the money that they're paying him and for the money that they've given him on the team, I'd be expecting better than this. Um, like their squad is better than Newcastle's mm. on paper. On paper,
0: yeah. Uh, c- c- I'm not going to defend Spurs, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna just point out one stat, and then I probably can fix what the problem is with Spurs. <laughs> so, of the teams between Manchester United and Spurs, who do you think plays better football?
1: I'd say I'd say United on yeah, when they're on it, especially
0: the okay. last few weeks. All right, but do you know United has like as far as goal difference, we're zero. Mm-hmm. Spurs' goal difference is ten plus. So somehow, even though they've been turning in these ugly performances, they have a better goal difference than us, which means. So, I feel well,
1: like what Spurs... Go ahead. So, what I would say to that, there were some games early on in the season that accounted for that as well, though. Like, we rolled over for Tottenham on the opening day of the season, gave them a 4-1 win, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just gifted them stuff. You had, like, your horrible we, loss we to beat Brentford. You won nothing. Yeah. Yeah, but you had, like, your horrible loss to Brentford and stuff like that, which contributed to yours. I'd say over the last few weeks... You've been not there, and it's just the fact that they've every time they come up against a top team, other than getting a spurious draw against Chelsea, which they didn't deserve. Every single top team has taken them apart.
0: Yeah, uh, but, but you know what? There really is wrong with Spurs. Like I feel like Conte's system does work. This is what he needs. Where is Mister their lineup, they need defenders. Like I feel like. Em, is it not not emerson what's what's the what's the other brazilian dude the the fullback emerson royal like that could definitely be upgraded mm-hmm. uh say who else do they use as defenders let me look like cassignon does good sometimes, but could definitely be upgraded. Like, I don't they, think they did he upgrade has him though. They, they got Perisic. Old and you know, <laughs> he does fine sometimes, could definitely be upgraded. So, I feel like if he upgrades along the back and still fails, then I'd be like, hmm. But if he replaced these guys, then it would help play the ball out the back better and set them off to attacks sooner and more than they are now. They wouldn't have to like absorb pressure for an entire half of a football game. They wouldn't leak as many goals. It might make the other teams attacking them more desperate and more open. It, it, I just feel like when when was, who were Chelsea's defenders when, uh, when Conte was there? Like, I feel like they had a better, like they, Conte had Conte, right? As just in the midfield, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then John Terry still kind of in his prime, and just all those defenders back there were better than this. And Moses, and you know playing wing back, it's just it, it wasn't boring like this. They did not absorb pressure like mm. this in the same Premier League, even though the Premier League has advanced and it's just tougher. Like uh, uh, the, 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 there's teams above them, there's better coaches, so they probably. Even if he upgraded the defense, would not win the Premier League, but it would definitely give him a better chance. Or, and if you improved your defense, then you could like probably even alter the way you play a little bit and be a little bit more attacking, like get the goals first and then sit back. But mm. yeah, he, he 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 needs a back, a new back three slash four or five, whatever he plays.
1: The thing is, he's he's been he's been given. Funds to improve those parts of the pl- the pitch though. Like they signed Romero permanently. They got him on loan first season. They've got Longley as well from Barca, who they signed. Um, you know, they got Perisic in, he got Jed Spence in, which he might not have wanted Jed Spence, but he got Jed Spence. <laughs> um you know, he's been given, you know, money to improve the team, like you know, Kulisevsky, Richardison, Bentenker, um, these players that no, they've those out players and got Bissu- Bissuma as well. Yeah, I mean Bentonker is Really underrated, I think, and he's starting to get some mm-hmm. of that credit now that he's um, popping up with some goals as well. He's 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 one of the players who's pulling them out of uh, those tight spots that they get themselves into. Um, like last, but week, I mean,
0: like against in Leeds. terms
1: of in terms of looking. At, I mean, you threw some stats up there though, but let me talk about goal because it's it's their firepower that's bailing them out. So right. Arsenal, Arsenal this season conceded eleven goals. Man City conceded 14, Newcastle conceded 11, Tottenham conceded 21. Right. Man United conceded 20, but you've only scored 20. That's your problem. Spurs have scored right. 31. They've they've had the firepower, but Liverpool have only conceded 17 and they've been terrible. Um but so that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, so they that's need four
0: a, less they, than. But so then Liverpool then Tottenham <coughs> does need better defenders, like I was saying. They, like
1: They do, but this is Conte, this is meant to be the guy who
0: can But it's not working with like defenders. Def- yeah, he needs better defenders and then this system but it's is like, be Or it's like, or it's like, you know,
1: have have some balls and go and like, you've got attacking players, go and attack teams. Nah, those um, defenders,
0: are, those, those are, like, <laughs> I, listen, those defenders, Emerson Royal, you would be frustrated with Emerson Royal. He's got the stakes <laughs> in him, bro. He's got, <laughs> you'd be frustrated with Sessignon, like, something's in his head where he can't be fully confident. You could see it. And then there's games when he is and there's games when he ain't. And Dyer you've got those guys. is a better version of himself, but he he ain't the best. But why
1: why sit back and invite pressure if you've got guys who can't defend? Just be like, nah, we're, we're a team full of firepower. We're going to get at you. We're just going to outscore you. I mean, they're kind of doing that, but they're doing it in the last 20 minutes of games. And Man. it's just about working for them against mediocre teams. Like I say, it doesn't work any time they've played a big team, like against Arsenal, didn't work. Like against mm-hmm. Newcastle, didn't work. Against you guys, didn't work. It's, it's against Liverpool, didn't work. It's just, yeah, they're getting found out in those games. And yeah, I just think they don't deserve to be a you know, even Chelsea, who are terrible, have only conceded seventeen goals mm-hmm. um, this season. So yeah, I mean, they just. <sighs> i don't know it just i don't want to see them in that top four i don't think they're
0: worthy yeah. of it. but <laughs> we'll, we'll um, try to get them out <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll definitely do our best we got a game in hand on them and uh speaking of that we're, we're next and yeah. you know we've conceded 20. Can goals. i Just say one one, one more
1: thing quickly yeah, yeah, about yeah. spurs though it's mm-hmm. apologies to all the moderate realistic normal spurs fans out there it's like i don't uh, hate you but
0: because there are some, three of those Somewhere, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And to so those three people, I apologise. You don't deserve this, but um, <laughs> I know
0: too many annoying Spurs fans to make me feel yeah, like this. Yeah, really, yeah they, <laughs> it's it's the it's the Spurs fans that make me not a Spurs fan. You know, so yeah, it's definitely those the ones you're talking about. Yeah, uh, for United, uh, we, we, you know, I feel like when you got higher. A manager like Ten hog, there's a trajectory, and I feel like we're on point with our trajectory, and maybe we're ahead of it, but the reason why we're satisfied right now because we can see the progress and you want to see the progress and we definitely see the progress. we have a depth problem, but then we're finding solutions for it, and then even when the games get ugly, we still get the three points. I mean there was the the blip against. Villa last weekend, but we corrected it midweek, and then we won on the weekend, and we pulled it off. So, you know, we're having the luck that we need in the moments that we need, and pulling stuff out uh, in the game against Fulham. What I do like is the resilience of each individual defender, including Lindelof, Martinez, Malachius, and Shaw. They all had moments where last year. They would have messed up, or you could see the intensity of when the moments when they stopped some shit from happening that we would regret. Besides the goal that Dan James got, uh, uh, you know, when he just kept on running, and uh, it was just a whole, it, we got caught in transition, and it would have taken a little bit more attentiveness and intensity to stop that. But after that goal, and before that goal, there was a lot of effort and detail paid by the defense to stop Fulham from scoring. David De Gea did his thing. He's definitely improving, not only his shot stopping, but also with his distribution and then the development of players like Guyon nacho And, and uh, you could see, uh, I think when they brought on McTominay at first, he didn't do what we wanted him to. but It took him, I guess, a minute to warm up, and then he started doing what we want him to do. And he he had some really good plays, and he had an opportunity to also get us the lead for the game. Uh, You know, these players are playing tired because we don't have a lot of depth, and they're still getting results. So I got to give him props for that. I got to give, you know, Ten Hag uh, props for, like, making players better players. Keep doing them rondos. I got to give Erickson props. You know, I you know Marshall is a little off it yesterday. Normally, when he comes in as a sub because of injuries, he's scored goals. But yesterday, he got to play most of the game and didn't put away some opportunities. But you know, it's just down to game sharpness. A part of our ineffectiveness at parts of the game was because. He wasn't fit enough to completely press the entire game. And when you don't press, you know, you know, you know Fulham got away with certain things. Uh, we tried a lot of long balls, but that was a part of the game plan because they play a high line, so we tried to breach it multiple times, maybe two more, too many times than I like, but you could see that they were there for the – they were susceptible to those so we tried it why not and you you won't know if it won't work until you try it but uh great end to the game uh I couldn't even really like celebrate the win until I got the disgust out of me for like how we played at certain points of the game like I just and, and it's and, and it's only as far as like sometimes when we gave away the ball we didn't have to all you have to do is just pass it back to the guy that gave it to you and let him pass, just ticket tack it and shift them a little bit, and then you'll see that great through pass that you're looking for. But if you don't see it right away, don't just give away the ball. Just sometimes just make the lateral pass. Just just and and get the ball back. And and then you know, you can still find that forward pass. So I don't always be pressured to like. Because fans have access to these stats, and they'll they'll kill you after the game with the number of lateral passes you made. You know what I mean? They want to see those line-breaking forward passes, but sometimes you got to do the tick attacker and then go forward. So, like, keep the ball. That's what I'm saying. Keep the ball. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, listen. I didn't expect us to be or get top four this year. I expect that next year, but I like watching our development and I'm pleased so far with where we're at. We got 26 points. Glad we got the win yesterday. That was such a relief at the end of the game to score on the last kick of the game, literally. It was amazing based on who scored it. And especially, like I said, after the Ronaldo interview, uh, at least we we'll, we have someone that could be our next Ronaldo. So looking forward to see the development of Garnacho. And I'm not putting any pressure on him. Ten Hog knows how to develop players and will bring him along adequately. Because I, I I trust in Ten Hog and how he's just handled um not just being a coach, but unforeseeable problems. And Problems that a coach doesn't—that that can happen, but you don't want them to happen. But since they happen, he's handled them. So I'm I'm happy with us. Any thoughts on United?
1: Um, no,
0: just like agree with the stuff you said there, and
1: you know that's the thing. Unlike most Spurs fans, you could admit when you weren't perhaps consistent in the game, and you maybe got a little bit lucky with um you know the way you came out of it with a win, um, but I mean, <laughs> Fulham. Fulham are giving teams games this season. Yes. Um, yeah. But it's not. It's not an easy place to go. You know they've got guys who, who can cause you problems even without Mitrovic. Um, yeah. They're still. They still got players who will show up and and cause problems. Like they've. They're. You know, This. It's. This is the best they've looked in the Premier League for a long time um you know they've got a capable squad this time um so you know to come out of there with three points is is a good result it's um you know and like you say you weren't at your best um yeah. but you made it happen so and you're realistic about it which is the difference with spurs fans yeah uh, to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: That's, um, that's why they annoy me too It's like how could you not be realistic realistic like martin started out the season like we're gonna win the whole thing I'm like really it's like hmm. it's bananas
1: <laughs> yeah but um but no i mean you i think you've got every reason to be like i said before you've got every reason to be confident ten Hag's got the the project moving in the right direction there's going to be bumps there's going to be setbacks but overall you're going where you're meant to be going like you say you had an interesting summer of business you you got some bargains, like you say, Malassia, Ericsson, people like that. And you overpaid perhaps for Anthony, but he has had some great contributions for the team already. Yeah. Um, he's finding his feet in the Premier League still. When he becomes a bit more consistent, a bit more experienced, I think he'll be really dangerous for you guys, even more so than he already is. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's 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 much more to come from this United team. You've got the right manager, you've got a good collection of players. Be interesting to see obviously if you can get Ronaldo off the wage bill in January if that frees you up to go and maybe bring in one more reinforcement. Um, yeah, maybe Gap which, yeah. I mean, it's a not easy pro. to do, it's not easy to do in January, but um, you know, after the World Cup, who knows, there might be players you, who are like, oh, okay, maybe this person's worth a chance. So, um, yeah, be an interesting second or well, second two thirds of the season for um united but you're definitely you know i think you you seem happy with where you are and I, i'd say that's correct yeah
0: and then uh you know a lot of people and ten hag had to make a statement about sancho he's like mm. he's going to be a good player for us you have to calm down the fan base because everybody's going in on him like everybody forgets the goal that he scored to help us beat everton the goal that we wouldn't have beat liverpool without him like like you can't just be like forgetting people's contributions, not even conveniently. Like why, why are you going to like, you see Garnacho doing good and you're like, use it to shit on Sancho. Like Garnacho didn't score the goals and got us the points to, to help us be where we are now. He is now, but it's, it's a whole team and everybody like, yeah. What if Garnacho and Rashford do play on the left? You know what we do? We put Sancho on the right and you let him and Anthony uh, alternate and you have two players in each position, except we don't have another forward besides Marshall because I think Ronaldo's time with us is done. So we do need that position filled. But remember, Sancho, for most of his success at Dortmund, was a right-handed player during the preseason. He was a right-handed player. It was him, Marshall in the middle, Rashford on the left, and we killed it in the preseason. And then we get Anthony, and then we put Sancho, who practiced the whole preseason on the right, on the left, and he still delivered. And then it kind of slowed down. But remember, we's a right-sided player. That's all we talked about before we had him. It's like United needs those glory days of having a right-sided player. Now we have two. So don't sh- – stop shitting on people unnecessarily let's encourage our players it doesn't make sense and if one player does good one week don't shit on the one that you don't think did good like how does it help i'm a fan too what what, what is shitting on people do like sancho scored against liverpool calm cool and collected you it it was a relief that we had a player that could stand in front of the goal with people in front of him, shift people out the way, and slot the ball in the back of the net. And that was like, we deserve a player like that. And we got him. And it happened. He he got us those goals and some assists. He scored in big games, like Ten Hag said. So he's not like, you think he won't score in the smaller ones? Like when he's back to being healthy and after. We had him six weeks. He's not going to World Cup duty. More training. We're going to have two right-hand, right-handed players. And gone at your uh, Rashford. Then you could you know, listen. Calm down, everybody. You don't have to shit on people. Especially people <laughs> who have con- contributed. It doesn't make sense. What have you done? What have you done? We love that you support the club. It's always better when we all in. Let's stop shitting on people, fam. So that's my that's my gripe. But that's just me. Uh, Liverpool, this is a surprise. Like, where they are and where they're not is a complete surprise, especially since they got two players. They, they seem like the team that always handled their business. They seem like they've been one of the Premier League football models to follow. So to, for them to just shockingly, like, fall off the edge of the top of the Premier League cliff is like, it, it not only shocked them, but it shocked us. And we're like, we're trying to figure out what happened as much as they're trying to figure out how, what happened. But we, I guess it's all midfield related and me and you have discussed it. But yeah, they only have 22 points after 14 games. The team... That was in four finals last year, won two of them, and was missed out winning the Premier League by one point. So, hey, who knows what's going to happen when they come back from the World Cup? They got so many players in it. But what are you? What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, it's been it's been shocking how you know, inconsistent they've been. Like, they've shown flashes still that they're a very good team. Mm-hmm. Like, like when they went to Spurs the other mm-hmm. week and, you know, big game for them, they turned up. Salah turned up, but Salah sort of, as, as the they, as a team have been inconsistent, so has he. Like, he's shown reminders of his levels this season, but then other games mm-hmm. he's just been Like, you know, he looks, he looks like someone doing a Salah impersonation or something. It's, 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 it's a bit strange. And, um, you know, obviously they had the transitional period of losing Mane. They got Nunez in, who has taken a little bit of time to adapt to what they want out of him. And Klopp's experimented with how he fits him into the team. Like he's been playing him off the left. Um, Yeah. For a few games with Firmino down the middle, and that seems to be working. Like he, he, he caused Tottenham problems from that position. Um, he completely ruined us this weekend, especially in the first half, um, yeah. by yeah. just being being everywhere um, across that front line against us. He was popping <laughs> up all over the place, um, and yeah, he's he's a menace. He, he's he's been quietly getting those goals and creeping up the goal scoring. Um, charts so he's the more he settles I think the more that will help Liverpool Um, they're figuring out how to use that front line they've got uh, Robertson back the last few weeks as well they had Simicast playing there for a little while that back line for them this season has just Mm -hmm. been too inconsistent as well Van Dijk's not been at his levels Um, you know Liverpool fans will be hoping he can have an unscathed World Cup for Holland and, and come back stronger maybe sharper than he has been at the start of the season. Um, some of their players will be getting a rest. Like, they'll be grateful. Thiago hadn't been picked by Spain, um, right. which I thought was crazy because he's one of my favourite players to watch. Spain are going to come up against a lot of teams who sit off against them, and he's a player who can unlock um, low blocks with his passes and stuff. So, But they'll be grateful that one of their midfielders isn't going to the World Cup because obviously Henderson is, Fabinho is. Um, mm. So they'll be happy to see him, you know, getting some rest. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think they'll come back. I think they've still got a chance of um, of battling for that top four. They're not completely out of touch. I mean, what, they're on 22 points, Tottenham on 29. Um, Liverpool got a game in hand over them as well, so they can go up to 25. So there'll be only um, the four points behind Tottenham, which they can make that up. So Liverpool can still <laughs> fight they can still fight for that top four. Um, I think obviously any notion of them challenging for the league, I think is beyond them now. Um, yeah, because yeah. of their start, they they would need to be like unbeaten from now until the end of the season, which, you know, they, they could do, but I don't think they have um, quite enough about them to do that. So I think the aim for them now should just be to try and get top four and try and get Champions mm-hmm. League football and then rebuild again. We've spoken about it previously where I said, yeah. you know, this is... This is The measure of Klopp now is, can he regenerate this team? Can he reinvent this team? Can he get the levels back up? Because that's what great managers do. Like, you know, Guardiola's doing that at City now. Um, You know, it was something Ferguson was always the master at. It was, um, you know, something that other managers have done with their teams. And he has never quite done with his teams. Like at Dortmund, when that period came, it fell apart. And he had to move on. Um, the same with Mainz when he was there before Dortmund. So this is his this is a big test now. If he wants to be a long-standing Liverpool manager, which you mean he already is. But if he wants to push that to the next level, he sort of he built the team. He he sustained a few seasons of success for that team. Now he's got to almost reinvent them a little bit. So um, yeah, let's see what happens. But I mean, I think they got a good chance of making top four
0: yeah i think they have a a better chance than us they got a better chance than than spurs Uh, like one of the things that you said we just when we discussed liverpool like a few episodes ago and we were just talking about their midfield and i'm just looking at their goals right now so they've let in 17 goals they scored 28 but in some of those games uh you, you said and it was a great point that you looked at their chance creation and they created the chances, but they didn't put them away. They weren't clinical. So mm. the fact that uh Darwin Nunez is showing us how Uruguayan he is. Like when you get a Uruguayan that's a Uruguayan that can score, like these are vicious people. Like they have like legendary careers. So the what the goals he scored against you guys in just the last few weeks, like even his goals per minute is probably just as impressive. Once he got started going as, as, uh, as, uh, Haaland's and he scored some Haaland like goals this weekend and he's finding out how to fit in with this team and they've had to figure it out and how to make him effective. They also got some injuries. So I don't know when, what's his name is coming back. Uh, but Firmino has stepped up and uh that was a great goal surprising goal from that distance of a header this weekend mm-hmm. but he's he's i think their leading sc- he might be ahead of Salah for goals i might i'm not sure
1: yeah. yeah i think he's i think he is he's up there um and he's not going to the world cup either um, So that's another person who gets he gets to rest the one thing i will say about their goal tally mm-hmm. at liverpool like the goal difference that's a little bit artificially inflated by the 9-0 spanking of Bournemouth who, um, you know, just didn't show up that uh, yeah. day. So that, that, that kind of boosted their numbers a little bit. So there is that. But yeah, Firmino went crazy in that game and scored a bag of goals. So yeah, I think I think he is their top scorer at
0: the moment. Right. Yeah, I think that day Salah didn't score. It was weird. It, right. That was weird for him not to get some. But I'm not sure. I can't. Yes, that was a minute ago. But, yeah, Liverpool, like, I expect them to turn into Liverpool at some point. If they don't, it'll just be more shock. But (laughs) when their season resumes, we'll find out what happened. Uh, Brighton Hove, they're seventh. They got 21 points, which is good for a team that lost the manager to that uh, made them into this new Brighton that we've come to know and uh, their new manager Deservey has been doing good the last few weeks but then they lost this weekend to Villa who also has upgraded the, in their coach department and he showed them what's what i hope we get down to where Arsenal is so i can talk about that game from an Arsenal per- i mean to get down to Villa so we could talk about them from a, that game from a Villa perspective but you know right now with Deservey uh you know, we'll see. But they're seventh, and this is great for them. You know, and uh, uh, I feel like I don't know if I'm just supposed to guess. I can't even say they'll slip down the table because who's going to take their place? Like Chelsea could get in front of them, but yeah. if I if I look at the other teams, like who else could it really? Could get in front of Brighton. Like, they should finish in the top 10 comfortably. But they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they need. And they might get a Europe spot, but the one way to guarantee getting a Europe spot, listen, man, get a striker. I don't know where you're going to get it from, but that's (laughs) all you should be looking for. That's all you should be. Even if you have to overpay. It's worth it to overpay for a striker in January based on who does well in the World Cup. Like, just do it, fam. Like, when else are you going to be this high on the table in your brighton Hove history? Just pull the trigger. Like, Mm. I know the teams, I know you have a way that you recruit. And I don't know why that other... Asian guy. I can't remember his name right now. didn't play this weekend. He didn't play because he really helped them a lot in the last two games. And I feel like they missed him. But you save so much money on players that nobody ever heard of that you have made into players. You saved enough money to buy a real striker. And you're good <laughs> enough of a team for a real striker to say, hey, I'll go there. You're seventh. You might as well get a striker now who would be attracted to you because they're like, I could go there and I could get Brighton a Europe spot. Like, so Brighton, spend the money. Spend the money for on a striker, bro. Do it.
1: That's the crazy thing, though, is like they seem to be geniuses in recruiting in every other position on the field. Like, they will find players that I mean, I'm sure analysts at other clubs probably know of, but the average football fan has no idea of. Right. Um, like you're saying, like Mitoma, the Japanese forward they signed out of nowhere. Um, you know, Trossard Instantly. wasn't that known before they signed him. Um, you know, they saw Lamptey's potential at Chelsea, um, Estupinan, the Ecuadorian guy, like people weren't knowing these players when they were Sarcedo. Um Yeah, there's just there's there's players in there who yeah, they just they get them out of nowhere and um you know it's it's a really good opportunity for them to finish high up the table this season. Um but to but be equally, a good
0: football team, sometimes you have yeah. to spend money in one or yeah. two positions. Liverpool had to do <laughs> it. They, they Liverpool was bargain hunting and almost won the league and then they like they had to spend the money.
1: So yeah. and and if they don't I mean, they should finish high up the league, but in seventh place, they're on 21 points. Leicester, all the way down in 13th, on 17 points. So there's only four points between seventh and 13th. There's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of teams in that region who, if they go on a run, can climb up above Bryan. Um, you know, Chelsea, you'd expect if they can sort their shower, they would jump above them. But then someone on, mm-hmm. you know, Someone else like, you know, if Villa under Emery can sort their shit out, if Palace yeah. can sort their shit out, if Fulham keep on playing how they're playing under uh, Marco Silva, they, there's all these teams who potentially could come for them if they slip Brighton. So Brighton need to keep the levels up. And they did have a bit of a wobble when Deserby came in. Like they, they drew mm-hmm. 3-3 against Liverpool in his first game, which was great. But then they went on a little run where they didn't really get any results. Mm-hmm. Um and I think, you know, that's to be expected sometimes. The players are learning his methods. He's trying to, you know, keep some of the same philosophy as they had under Potter, but also he's going to have his own things as well that he's trying to get across to the players. Um, right. So that was to be expected, but now he seems to be getting a little bit more consistency out of them. No, you know, they lost at the weekend, but I thought they played well in spells of that game mm-hmm. um, against Villa. They were just a bit wasteful. Um and a bit sloppy at the back some of the goal like one of the goals was an absolute gift uh to villa um
0: well that wasn't but, a I mean, penalty that the play against Danny Ings was not a penalty mm, yeah like like burns slid ahead of Ings and Ings was like <laughs> I've kicked the ball too far his legs are right in front of me I'm going to make sure I make contact with his legs oh dunk dunk wasn't it sorry Dunk, see a dunk, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. make sure I make contact with these legs and I'm gonna mm-hmm. get this penalty.
1: Yeah. Like and then and then here. Brighton could have had a penalty when Dina went and kicked yeah, through yeah. um as well. That could have that could have quite easily been been given. So um yeah. yeah, a little bit hard done by there maybe, but I mean, yeah, I mean, they've got the potential to finish top ten, absolutely. Um and I think that I'd like quite like to, I'd quite like to see them finish there because they're a well ran club who identify good transfer targets. But like you said, if they can get a forward, that's going to increase their chances. Because Trossard, they can't rely on him all the time for goals. He's been impressive this season, but he's not an out-and-out forward. He's not Mm -hmm. a, you know, guaranteed 20-goal-a-season player. He's got seven votes so far this season. He could get to 20, who knows? But uh, it's it's a big ask of him to continue that form and carry the team in terms of a goal-scoring threat. Right.
0: And listen, they got 23 goals. So, Every team above them has more goals except United. And they've led in 19. So they do score. But a game like yesterday, like you said, they wasted some chances. So that's where the clinicality of having a striker that you pay for to get you that game. That means you don't need that penalty that you weren't given. And that means you take uh, Villa out of a game that they were in before they get into it. And you create more problems. See so like you, like. Mm. Let me see how much points Villa has. Villa's like
1: Villa's on eighteen. Like, Villa's they're three. They're
0: three points behind Brian. Three points, but one oh, game. I'm looking at the, extra. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking. I've been looking at the wrong point thing. <laughs> but yeah, so Villa, they got for, a forward. You know, that is, you know, he might warm up late in the season and end up with 20 goals in a season and, mm-hmm. and, and they have Ollie Watkins. So they have more of an attacking threat than you. And like you're saying, they're only three points behind. Like you want to just, you're Brighton hole, you're in the biggest league in the world. The better you do, the more your fan base will grow, period. And if you get into Europe, you'll have some Europe money. So... Just invest in yourself. It's like comics now. If you invest in, like, sometimes paying for a camera guy to come to your shows, to record your set, to record the crowd work, and you pay an editor, put the crowd work online, then you increase your your online profile and more people come out to the clubs. Same thing, same way football works. Invest. I don't know why I'm fighting for Brighton Hope so much, but <laughs> <laughs> I like good football, and they play good football. so. Chelsea, I knew they weren't going to make it in the top four, but I, (laughs) I had no idea that the struggle would be this real. And they're almost as surprising where they are as Liverpool. But we all lost faith in them at some point early in the season and before the season started. But I did not expect them to repay our lost faith with cold, hard, bad results the way they have. <laughs> what do you think of Chelsea in eighth 21 points?
1: I mean, they're a bit of a mess. They need to figure out what they are and what they want to be. Um, but it does feel like a sort of transitional moment for them as a club. Obviously, the new owners came in. They fell out with Tuchel. They got mm-hmm. Potter in. He's, Potter's been trying to be like this Fucking mad scientist! Since he's gone in there, I'm going to play with two defenders for this game. It's
0: like he's trying. Um, to, he's just, trying to mix Filipino cuisine with uh, down south African American <laughs> food cuisine and come up with a new cuisine. And it's like, nah, okay, that didn't work. Let me try mix Italian food with Indian food. That's uh, like, like, me let me try something else. Let me try a, a vegan <laughs> fusion with Pork,
1: like he's he's, oh man, Potter. Well, I I I kind of like his his ideas sometimes. (laughs) Like I like his tinkering. Like he will come up with these specific game plans. But I think he's almost like he's got to the point now where like he's. I said it before on here. Like I think he's just confusing his own players. It's like give them give them a philosophy to learn. And to get consistent with, it might not be as fun for you as a coach being able to change what you're doing yeah. on the training ground every week. But players like familiarity, players like consistency. Like we said, they like okay, this guy's to the side of me, this guy's in front of me, I, and they can just build those connections and build those. Because football's so quick. Sometimes players like they want to do stuff without even thinking, and they can do that when they know what's around them. Like they know there's a mm-hmm. high probability that they can play that pass into that area of the pitch because they know who's going to be there. Um, and I think they've just been, yeah, a little bit all over the place. Injuries haven't helped them as well. Like obviously, yeah. Reese James is a big, big player. Um, they look so much better when he's in the team. Chillwell as well. Um, at centre back, they've had some injuries too. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, they got the players. They the, the players are there. Um you kind know, of. Sterling's an, Sterling's a big name player, he's an expensive player. Havertz is a big name player, he's an expensive player.
0: Um, Sterling's one of the most expensive wing backs in football yeah. history.
1: <laughs> and they let two centre forwards go, they let Lukaku and Werner go. Um you know, they've got these these holes in it. I think they could still do with an actual like an like, actual number nine. Um, which you know, Havertz can sort of pretend to be one, so can Sterling. They don't seem to fully trust Broyer um yet. He's an exciting player, obviously. I you know, I love the guy, he did great for yeah. us. They don't quite want to hand him a starting position yet, but he's he's shown some flashes off the bench for them. But you know, obviously Kante's a big miss as well because mm-hmm. he's such a, a big player for them, and that's left a hole for them in the middle of the field. Um, So, yeah, I mean, everyone's been struggling with injuries this season, though it's been one of those seasons. So it's up to them, the coach to find other solutions. It's up to other players to step up, and they've not really quite had that yet. Like, They've shown flashes that there's something there, like the games, especially Champions League. Some of the games Mm -hmm. they've had in the Champions League, they've looked great. Um, But, yeah, I mean, obviously for them, the same with Liverpool. They want to be trying to see if they can sneak back up into that top four. I don't think they've got quite enough about them unless they can sort of hit on some magic formula that Potter comes up with during this break to, <laughs> to become more consistent and go and over to overtake those other teams. Um, But it's not looking that great for Chelsea at the moment. Like the pieces are all there for the puzzle. But at the moment, Potter doesn't look like he knows how to put it together. Um, yeah. Okay. So, you yeah. know, he's, he's 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 got a month to sit and figure that out now and play around with that. So um yeah, yeah. we'll see. And you know, apparently the board are backing him. They they want to give him time to build something there. So yeah, they, we'll they see. said it but, out loud. I mean... That's
0: the kiss of death. Yeah, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> <some> phone call. <laughs> <laughs> you, you use use the burner phone. Use the burner phone. <laughs>
1: um but I I think a realistic aim for them now, given how they've started the season, should be top six. Um, that should be a realistic aim for them. At least get Europa League football. At least finish top six. Try and come as close to that top four as possible. And if someone else slips up, could they steal a space? But I think you know, I think they're they they seem to they look further away from finding consistency than Liverpool do. Because they're in similar positions. They both played 14 games, Liverpool on 22, Chelsea on 21. Um, But I just feel like Liverpool have a bit more identity about how they're playing. Obviously, that helps having a manager who's been there a long time. Um, And I think Liverpool could figure it back out quicker than Chelsea have. Liverpool shown signs of figuring it out quicker than Chelsea have. So I think Liverpool should be trying to break back into that top four. Chelsea should be trying to finish top six.
0: Right. I mean, something you said you know, it made a lot of sense, you know, yeah. and I can understand where Chelsea is at because they've had, first of all, they've had so many changes. The war changed them, the on- changing in ownership, changing coach, uh, players leaving like that were like the stability of their defense and had change in that. Then they had bought players and there has been injuries to their defense, which caused even more change. Then they changed coaches. And then that coach changed so much about the way they play or who's playing where on top of all the changes that I just mentioned. Like, he changed it so much. Ranieri, ex-Chelsea coach, was known as Man. is like, hey, man, <laughs> you're tinkering too much for me. So the, one of the main things you said was, the coach needs to bring some stability to who plays where and what system we're going to play. And I agree with that. Like, with a, like, he has to see the big picture if he wants to last. He has to know that there has been so many changes that the last thing he needs to do is create more changes on top of the changes. He needs to bring some stability. everybody's position and to their style of play. And players do like familiarity and they can they want to be able to know where they play and what system they are so that they can start doing that telepathic shit. Like, you know, I'm playing with their six senses, which they can't do now because they're too busy thinking. And uh yeah, I agree with you, man. It, It he needs to stop changing shit, pick something over the break and stick with it, and then branch out into changing things his way after he's gotten the team to gain some stability. And then they can like, oh, let's experiment now, you know? And I feel like Potter needs to chill. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Fulham, their ninth, that's really good for Fulham. Good style of play. Uh, they gave us a battle uh this week, and uh luckily we beat them last minute. That's two games they've lost pretty much on the last kick of the game. I was rooting for them last week against Man City. They Man City was down a man and Fulham was up a goal and they ended up losing that game 2-1. Uh Anthony uh who, Anthony uh what's his name? Johnson, who plays for is a an American international uh, made a tackle in the box last week against Dipburn. Just shouldn't have just just, just stand there, block the <laughs> way. You're good. Don't put a foot in. This is I don't play in the Premier League and I know that. But he made that mistake. But he's a really good player, and uh, he, he's going to do good for the U.S. in the World Cup. But Fulham uh, blew two points between this weekend and last weekend. But they're ninth, they're playing without Mitrovic. They're still giving teams trouble. Uh, Marco Silva, I don't know what, what number time this is for him in the Premier League, but he's finally got the hang of it. And he's had some bad luck. But yeah, Fulham is a problem. They're fun to watch. They're first in a season against Liverpool. They established who they were immediately. They have players like Paulinho. That like, listen, man, people are going to try to get this guy. There's no way the top (laughs) teams in the league are going to watch you just have a Paulinho and just keep him. Like, he's got to be, especially like Chelsea, who you're right below. They're like, you know what? We've been trying to find somebody to replace Conte. And I think we (laughs) fucking found him. They're in ninth place. He's in ninth place right below us. How about we solve? Our center midfield, the end problem. Because this motherfucker is amazing. Like, there's gonna be like like there was a scramble for Harlem. This guy is a Harlem of midfield. Like, he's the fucking guy. Like that first game against, and it's not not like he just played good against us yesterday. He was a player of the match and they lost the game. But he did this shit against Liverpool, and because of how Fulham played in that first game against Liverpool, I was like, are they really going to be doing this? And they have been doing it. I've been watching them play. And Paulinho has stood out. And he's... I thought he was Brazilian, but he's Portuguese, right? So he's going to be playing for the Portugal. And that's going to make... Increase Ronaldo's (laughs) chances to even win a goddamn World Cup. So, yeah, man. Fulham... uh, For a team that was nominated to be relegated you're doing great uh i don't know if you got anything to say about brentford but brentford again you know you you know they were going to have this type of season based off the season that they did last year and they pulled off a surprise win against man city this weekend uh uh, they put a fight up and uh they, they 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 have so much speed up front (laughs) <laughs> they they will sucker you in, you know. You know they, they they will pull some, they will do the shit to you that uh, to top teams that che- that Tottenham is trying to do to top teams. But it worked for them yesterday against Spurs. Like their second goal, and they could have got a third goal too. They could have really embarrassed Man City yesterday. They they had their best chances earlier in the game, and Ivan Tony scored two. And it was kind of like, it felt like a personal bat signal to Southgate to be like, hey, if during training, uh, there's an injury or something, follow that signal and it'll lead to me and press play on the tape and you see what I did in my last game and holler at me. But I don't know if you have any words on Brentford, but they're always yeah, I mean, this in this team. In
1: terms of resources and like the value of their squad and where they've got their players from like they should really be fighting relegation um but mm-hmm. they've got players that are hungry they've got an intelligent coach and in thomas frank um and so they're playing above their level and that's you know that's always the mark of a good setup a well run club when they can be doing that and you know tony gets the plaudits but i think they've got some really underrated players there uh, one guy who I always really like when I watch them is Wissa.
0: Yes, um,
1: but he's busy. He's busy. He's <laughs> always he's always running in behind. He's always causing problems, and he pops up with goals for them as well. Um, I, th- I think he's end. yeah. I think he's really underrated. Uh, and bumo's a good player as well. Yeah, um, it,
0: this is the fucked up thing they do. And Bumo, and B- I can't. I just fuck up his name. He's fast. He's super fast. But after he done run you ragged all game, they'll be like, sub him out. And then they put on Wissa, And it's like, you don't stand a chance now because they just went fast to just as fast. And you're fucking tired. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah.
1: And they've got other players as well. Like um, they've got a midfielder who I really like, De Silva, um, who when Brentford got promoted, he, cause he was one of the key players in their promotion. And then mm-hmm. he's been injured since they've come up. And then he's sort of been finding his feet again and he's looked good for them um, in, in some of the games recently that they've played as well. So he's definitely, um, you know, a player I think is going to go strength to strength for them. Um, yeah. I mean, like I say, they're, they're, they're playing above their level and that's a sign that they're, just a well-rounded club um who are you know I think going to be fine this season I can't yeah. see them getting drawn into anything um
0: so and, and they have a forward which is like with yeah. most even top teams on not they have a forward that've got more goals than Chelsea and Chelsea <laughs> is supposed to be in top, you, you know they got something Chelsea don't got uh so we got 8 minutes left so I just want to talk about two teams, and one of them is Villa, and one of them is definitely Southampton, who you're trying to avoid. But we're going to get into it. So (laughs) I'm just going to, I'm just going to say, after Brentford is Crystal Palace, they're in 11th, 19 points. Then we're at Villa, and I just want to talk about the Villa game yesterday. Unai Emery got disrespected by Arsenal fans the last time he was in the Premier League, and he's without question, a really good coach. He's probably one level behind Klopp. He's probably one and a half levels behind Klopp and Pep and whoever you consider a top echelon coach. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of that is because he's probably not been with a team or with owners that would supply you with the tools that those guys get supplied. But what he did with Villa in three games is impressive. Like yesterday, yeah, I, I'm just going to describe three phases of the game yesterday. So one was playing out the back, which they were not good at, especially in the first part of the game, because it's, I don't think it's something that they practice under Gerard, but it's something that, that uh, Emery definitely wants. I can't say how good they were. At doing it with Gerard, but I know it's probably one of the most difficult phases of football to learn. Playing out the back with defenders, you need to to turn your defenders basically into top-level midfielders to play out the back. You know, because you're under that amount of pressure, and then you could, and that pressure could turn into goals. And which is what happened. So they that phase of training and turning a team into a team that could play out at the back they failed immediately. But then the other phases where, th- where they actually did end up playing out the back and creating chances and doing what they wanted against a really good pressing Brighton Hove team. They, Brighton Hove, one thing they can do is press like Chelsea found that shit out and other teams have found that shit out. And even Villa who won the game yesterday, they found that shit out. Man United found that shit out. Like you there's a wrong way to find out that Bright Hole can press, and that is playing them and giving up goals. So, so you can't even blame Emory's team for giving up a goal. But then there, the other phase they were good at is just like creativity. Like I didn't know they would play attractive football that fast. I don't even really remember Emory teams from being playing that attractive football. But yesterday, Danny Ings. And some of the guys, Buendia and, and Ramsey, turned into Coutinho. He's on <laughs> the bench, but they turned into him. Prime Coutinho. And there are some passages of play in this game. Everybody should go back and watch. And when you watch it, you'll be like, how the fuck is this villa? The same villa that whose coach was just fired and replaced by this coach. Like, they were fantastic, leading up to the penalty for Ings, some other chances for Ings, and they just looked beautiful at some point. And I spoke to Lloyd, and he's like, he was saying the same thing too. Like, it was beautiful. So then the attacking phase of, like, build-up play to attack, great phase. They've learned that pretty fast. And then they took the lead. And this is where Emory is a specialist. Emory teams are always going to be great defensively. And yesterday, with a lead, these motherfuckers comfortably, comfortably absorbed the pressure of Brighton Hove. They just was like, bring it. We know exactly what to do. And they did it as if they have been doing it all their lives. like they would overload on whatever side Villa tried to get at them. At. I mean, uh, Brighton Hove tried to get at them. I'm like, nope. And Brian Ho got go to the other side and they'd be like, "Nope, and I was looking at how comfortable they were in defense and just killing the game, which is now I'm gonna jump to another team because it is we don't we won't get to leads, but leads needs to needs to learn that Leeds plays one way attack, 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 but when you have a lead leads, you gotta fucking learn how to emery this shit and hold on to it and that's what uh. America's coach, uh, Jesse March, has to teach leads. They blew three leads to Spurs this weekend and lost because they don't know how to kill a game and how to just sit back and absorb pressure comfortably like an MMA fighter on his back, on the ground, avoiding being pounded. So that's my spiel on Aston Villa. Very impressive in three games for Trump. They beat us in one. They lost midweek to us in the cup. We knocked them out. But this weekend again, fucking impressive. I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Villa.
1: Uh, no, I like Emery as a manager. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I remember I, I watched him win the Europa League live. I went to one of the finals one year against uh, Dnipro out in Warsaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched his Sevilla team. He won the Europa League four times. That's unheard yeah. of. It's insane. The guy's done that. Three times in Sevilla, once in Villarreal. He's got a very specific way of playing. Um He's also adaptable, though, as well. Like you say, you can shut a game out. He can play attractive football. He's He likes playing with two forwards, which bodes well for Ings and Watkins. He didn't play them both this weekend. Um, and the other weekend, I think he just played Watkins. But he, he, he does like a 4-4-2 at times. So we might mm-hmm. see those two together. And it's about him getting consistency out of players because... Villa have got good players who don't always play well. Like Buendia is a good player, but doesn't always play well. Watkins is a good player, but doesn't always play well. Ramsey's a good player, but doesn't always play well. Leon Bailey's a good player, but doesn't always play well. So if he can get some of these players consistent,
0: then they could have a good time under him. Absolutely. I'm worried about them. I'm glad we only have one more game left with them. Uh, <laughs> let's jump. So Villa is. 12. We're going to jump all the way down. Let me scroll down the list. We got to pass Leicester at 13th. We got to pass Bournemouth at 14th. We got to pass America's team Leeds at 15th. We'll keep going to pass West Ham at 16th, which is an appalling place for them to be. That's a shock. 17th is Everton. I predicted Everton would be relegated this year, but Frank Lampard has impressed me. But now it's sliding back into exactly what I thought. So maybe they'll still get relegated but we'll see but they're hovering around my prediction Then nottingham forest is 18th and uh you know we're gonna see how that goes but 19th is lee's team Southampton. let's close this out wolverhampton is 20th but we want to hear as a fan what are your hopes what's going on
1: i mean <laughs> an interesting season points. i've spoken be- i've spoken before <laughs> about you know hasenhuhl and how he was just too inconsistent um his tactics weren't working he was just yeah just not quite doing it um had a little run of form where we got a couple of results but it's not really good enough i mean there's only four teams this year who no three teams this year who've lost nine games out of the 15 we've played and that's us wolves and west ham (laughs) um so we've lost the the joint highest amount of games this season so that's worrying we need to sort that out but um new managers come in i listened to his first couple of press conferences the one after he was appointed and then the pre-match press conference before Liverpool. and i like the way he talks um He's self-deprecating as well. I heard him refer to himself <laughs> in a press conference as a rat-faced Welshman.
0: Uh, no, was, <laughs> <laughs> he said people might be
1: people might be asking, "Who's this rat-faced Welshman?" Imagine the Premier League. I, was, I like you, I like you. This is, <laughs> you know, as a comic, I can appreciate. Um, I can appreciate some self-awareness really and some self-deprecation. Um, funny, <laughs> and. From what I've heard, he's been great with the players so far. He's he's really involved with the players. He's you know, Hassan Huttle was cold and distant in his final season or two. It sounds like he's come in and he's he's very hands-on. He wants to lead the training sessions as well. Um, you know, he's very involved, he's meticulous tactically. Um, from what I've heard as well, like he will, you know, make sure that the players know what's needed from them and it was a tough start for him to go up to Anfield. First game against a Liverpool team that are just finding yeah, their feet yeah. again. Nunez is is in the mood. Um, you know, Firmino's playing well. So to go up against that... Um, and and then you Liverpool put up a good clinical. fight. Yeah, but Liverpool, Liverpool were clinical. I was hoping, I was praying when we were 2-1 down. I was hoping and praying we could get into halftime at 2-1 and we could regroup. We could figure out how we're going to get back in this game and if we get the next goal... You know we're back level but then they scored that third goal and it killed us um in terms of you know making it realistic that we could get back into the game we put in mean, second half we made Allison made some good saves like they yeah, were chan- we they were big big chances a had one um and I can't remember who had the other one now but allison pulled off a couple of big saves mm-hmm. um he, he earned his money for them so um, you know, it was our highest XG of any away game this season, and to yeah, get that sure. at Anfield um, says something. First time so, coaching. yeah. So League, I, I saw, yeah, I, yeah I, I saw signs that said he can do something. Um, but for me, the, the real problem is that he he doesn't have much margin for error now. You know, we're down there, we're in the bottom bottom three, and other teams are starting to pick up points. I mean, there's also some teams who are starting to slip back into bad bad form. Who look like they would turned the corner, like West Ham, like Everton, um, and I'm hoping they continue on those slides. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, Wolves have got Lapetegui now as well, so they might start rising up. You know, ah, if you can get them firing. So, so we it's it's shit or bust. We need to make sure that you know when the music stops, we're not the team who's below that line because there's a chance we could be. Um, I'd like to think we won't be um, but you know he's he's got a month now to go work with the players which I think is good we've only got like right. we said it on the last podcast we've only got one player at the World Cup Bella Kotchap, so um, he he can work with the whole squad um, you know he can hopefully light a fire on the Ward-Prowse make him be like Ivan Toney trying to send a message I mean he, he he got the assist for our goal he whipped yeah. a great free kick in that Shea Adams got on the end of um, the fact that Shay Adams scored on the new manager's first game is good because we need those goals from him. Um, I just feel
0: bad. Shay Adams is just tricking the new manager again, like he normally <laughs> does. Yeah. Oh, we don't need a nine. This guy can score goals. <laughs> yeah. You got. You got you to talk to the manager. And be like, no, he does that. Don't don't don't, don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. You watch. Like as a concerned he'll, he'll fan, be... you need to get a message. You need to get a raven <laughs> to your <laughs> to your manager. <laughs> explain it exactly who Shay Adams
1: yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like he'll, he'll score in January to make you think you don't need a striker and then as yeah. soon as January's <laughs> over, you will yeah. go back to doing nothing again. Um, but no, I mean, the, I, I'm 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 happy with how he's handled himself since he's come in. Mm-hmm. But he's got a big job. He's got a big task because this season there is no real There's no Norwich. There's no team that you can say for certain are going down. Mm. There's no team that are getting trashed every week. You know, Everyone's capable of pulling off results in this league. So we need to make sure that we start getting some points after the break and start climbing. Otherwise, we could be in trouble. Um, But, you know, I can't really find fault in what he's done so far, Nathan Jones. So we'll see.
0: (laughs) I love his name because I could say it. Uh, let me ask you one question about <laughs> the game. Nathan Jones, baby. Yeah. Was that a penalty? A bellicopter versus sour. They didn't call it, but what do you You know. Probably was, but <laughs> I love that. Probably was.
1: Man. Yeah. Probably yeah. was, but you know, I'll 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 take it. It's um yeah, you know, we it didn't affect the game, which is always you know, when there's a yeah. call like that, you're just glad it doesn't affect anything. If I was a Liverpool fan, I'd have been pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as Better I don't get any cards or anything and <laughs> he's not suspended when he comes back from the World Cup, I'm happy. Um yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thanks for joining, man. This was a fun quarter season pre about to be World Cup review. uh um, hopefully Everybody watching, listening. We're gonna continue with the World Cup coverage as the World Cup goes on. So we'll see you. Gonna do something on Thursday just to review the World Cup one more time. Prediction and, uh, time. So what prediction time? Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'll save it. Yeah. So uh thanks, Lee, for joining. Thank you all yes. for listening and watching. And uh see y'all Thursday one. And then I'll just log out of the uh um so.